Hello everyone, welcome to the Thursday edition of the show, and happy September, happy nine months of the year, only three more horrendous months to go until we reach an even worse year of 2023, so I can't wait to see you all hopefully there, maybe we'll have a better year. I doubt it though, I'm sure it'll be full of recession, recession, and recession. Did I say recession enough for you? Anyway, so glad you could join me. If you're new and you haven't heard the show ever before, I would encourage you to subscribe to the program wherever you are listening, as well as follow on Twitter and True Social. Links are down in the description of the podcast if you're listening on audio. It's for all the articles as well, listed in even on the YouTube description. All down in there, all available for you, so you can see, watch all the clips, because obviously this very audio podcast, even on YouTube, because uh, it's just how it is for the current time being. Now, many of you um, might know, obviously, over this, you know, past past week, it's been, you know, kind of slow, I guess, you know, it's been, it's been interesting, but of course... Uh, there's been, you know, a little bit of news coming in here and there. It, it, it's been hard to go through. I'm not going to lie. I've spent the past just hour plus just looking at news. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of it was just, okay, like you read the headline and you've got good enough. Like, I'm going to be really honest. There's so many news titles out there that are like, okay, I get the gist. Like, I, I don't need to read more into this. And then there's something you've got to read more into. But... I guess that's just the way things are right now, but anyway, of course, starting off fully today, before we get into too much of the full docket of news we have for today, of course, this, I'm not going to play the entirety of this clip, because if we did, uh, that would be a little too much cancer for your brain to handle, and I know that me already turning the lights already hurt your eyes enough, I don't need to hurt your brain, uh... Whenever you are listening to this, so I am going to be kind and probably try to play only about two minutes of it. Keep in mind, the video is seven minutes long. So I I would just simply say a, a very kind thank you, because we could both be here for the full seven minutes, but I think plenty, I think the minimum amount of cancer we could take today is at least two minutes, at least. But we could try and I'm not even going to give you the context, because you'll figure out the context in about 0.5 seconds. So we've been talking about defunding the police. Uh, there's some issues that we ask police to do, like mental health issues or policing in schools and all the rest, that perhaps we can uh, shuffle some of that money around. Suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, take some of the money from policing, about $150 million. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. So yes, defund your butts, defund you. Yes, I support the reallocation of resources uh, from NYPD. We will be moving funding from the NYPD to youth initiatives and social services. They are talking about reducing the allocation of resources to that department. And I think every single city in this country ought to be thinking about the same thing. Yes, I support the defund movement. I'm for responsible 
reallocation of resources. And defund the police. I think you do all those other things, you don't need all the money that's going to the police department. So yeah, I mean, the spirit of it, I, I, I do support that. Yeah, and you know, a lot of us were asked if we could imagine a future without police back in 2017 when we were running for office. And I answered yes to that question. We are going to reduce funding in the police department and redirect that money. There's no reason the police budget should just keep growing and growing and growing. They can make sensible cuts to police. We propose to redirect over $7 million from the police bureau. That our city, through our city administrative officer, identified $250 million in cuts. Rashida Tlaib tweeting, no more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. When they're saying defund the police, what are they saying? They're saying we want fundamental, basic change when it comes to policing. Uh, and they're right. We are reallocating funds. Yeah, I, I can't take anymore. I, I, I genuinely can't. Why is crime so bad in our cities? I wonder why, fuck asses. I wonder why. Yes, welcome to the show where I swear and curse at the many people that will never ever respond to me because they'll just call me transphobic or stare me out the room. Or, you know, things that we'll talk about later in the show that, uh, be some weird coincidences on some things that have happened in the past that, uh, are now rising once again. Back to back. From two different places of the world? Crazy how that happens. Anyway, well, the New York Times, or as I liked, uh, like many others out there, the New York Slimes, uh, very slimy over there, kind of gross looking, you never really can trust those bastards, but they did post uh, a bit of an article, it's uh, a bit of an interesting one, it's uh, about talking about the effects the pandemic had on, on children. Now, I was by the science you know the science told me that children had no actual you know negative effect from the pandemic so what's this from the new york times the pandemic erased two decades of progress in math and reading the results of a national test showed that just how just how devastating the last two years have been for a nine-year-old school children especially the most vulnerable the national test results released Thursday showed in stark terms the pandemic devastating effects on American school children, with the performance of nine-year-olds in math and reading dropping to the levels from two decades ago. This year, for the first time since the National Assessment of Education Progress test began tracking student achievements in the 1970s, nine-year-olds lost ground in math and scores in reading fell by the largest margin in more than 30 years. The decline spanned almost all races and income levels, and were markedly worse for the lowest uh, performing students, while top performers in a 90th percentile slowed or showed a modest drop. Three points of math, students in the bottom 10th percentile dropped 12 points of math, four times the impact. I was taken aback by the scope and the magnitude of, of the decline, said Peggy G. Carr, Commissioner of the National Center of Education Statistics, the federal agency that administered the exam. The tests were given to the the national sample of 14,809 year olds and were compared with the results taken from the same group in early 2020, just before the pandemic hit. The high and low performance has been diverging even before the pandemic, but now the students at the bottom are dropping faster. 
So, of course, you might be thinking, because this is a kind of a long piece, and obviously I'm not going to read all of it to you, because that would just be dumb, but you're, you're beginning to wonder, well, okay, so what are we going to do to make up for that? Now, one might say, well, maybe you know we would, you know, try to, you know, spend, you know, extra years with children to maybe actually get them to a better, better place, but that's a bit hard to do with how our, how the factory system known as the public school system works. The only thing I could really tell you for most people out there is to never put your kids in public school in the first place. As a person who is within the past, what, four-ish months now, somewhere in there, coming up on four months, left the officially graduated from the public school system before it got really, really bad. Like, I bet for all the, I feel bad for all the kids that have to go there this year, because I bet they've got to use all the different woke terms and stuff. I'm out of there, I'm moved on, and this is what I'm trying to do with my life, so please do support me, please. It really does help me a lot by subscribing. Uh, believe me, I, it's the best way to help, and it's really the only way to help, so please do so. Uh, but... What what could possibly be dumb about this? Your best bet is getting them out of there because the school system isn't going to teach them jack shit. I can tell you right from the point right now, there, there's a bit of an issue in the normal school system. The normal school system is a factory, and it tries to teach you as broad as it can be. And you what you want to do is you really want to kind of force or kind of get your child as a really young age, at about four years old from what I've seen, to try to get them into something, some sort of area that they enjoy, something that they can attach to, because the main issue that you're gonna, you're gonna keep running into with so many kids in different school systems is the fact that most of them don't know what the fuck they want to do. You'll have tons of people that have graduated high school that are now inside of like the college system right now. It's like people that have that graduated with me this year, uh, you know from from college, that are, or not from college, but from high school, that are now, you know, they're now inside of, uh, inside of the university system, I bet you could, you could probably wonder about half of them probably don't really know what a lot of them want to do. A lot of them would probably just be like, you know, I want a decent enough job where I can go and get things done and be able to have a lot of money and make and all this nonsense, but a lot of them, they're just in college because that's what they've been told to do. They didn't think about their options, and they didn't go into college with an idea of what they wanted to do, so it's going to cost them even more time and money. Now, of course, there's no time limit on what you do. There's not an age limit for college. There's literally a woman that was in her 60s that graduated from college, so there's no time limit on it, but it's just the whole idea of you know, you, you kind of got to know you, your overall years of stuff is trying to get into what you want to do. And with this degradation, this sets these kids even back even further to where, you know, they can, you know, they're, they're learning back at that pace. But that pace is a lot of time lost. And with that time lost, you've got to try to make it up. But obviously... A lot of kids just don't give a damn about school anymore, especially here in the U.S. And so, like, uh, you know, and especially in certain unnamed communities that I know that a lot of other people have, you know, some sort of insight into. I can tell you there's a few kids that I know that were in my high school 
in every single one of my classes when I'd see them, I was just like, how are you even in this grade to begin with? You don't do anything. Not even because they're lazy, it's just because they just don't care. They just don't want to be there. They don't want to do anything. They just want to go and, you know, do the things they want to do and just not care because, you know, they think that that's better than being in school and getting educational opportunities to maybe hopefully advance somewhere in a, you know, a thing that won't get you caught up within the law. And believe me, do I think, do is it a whole thing of, oh, you're so caring for them? It's not in any way that. I have no plan. The only thing I care about is going to one of high school reunions, and the only thing I care about is checking in, seeing how many people in my class have died from from when I was a from when I was a kid, or from when I graduated high school, and just seeing that like every you know time, and that's it. I don't care about really talking to that many people. I mean, because. If this career goes how I want it to go, I know that me showing up there with certain people, they would try to physically harm me. They would try to assault me, try to do bad things to me, because I know they'd be like, you know, like, we don't want you here because you're, you know, that. You're what they would consider, you know, Republican or even, you know, right-leaning. And obviously they'd see me as an extremist. They'd see me as, you know, someone told, yeah. But truly getting to these kids with the pandemic though that's what's gonna lead is it's gonna lead to them being out of luck they're shit out of luck they get experimented on with you know critical race theory and uh gender ideology and being told that if you even feel slightly like a boy you're a boy now and if you feel even slightly like a girl you're a girl now or you can be a kitten self or any gender you so desire instead of being taught basic tier biology and in school, when you learn about all your different grammar rules, instead of learning, you know, grammar rules like they're supposed to be, you learn woke grammar rules instead. So, truly, there is truly going to be a need for kids to be in school for maybe a bit longer during the day. I don't know what you're going to have to do, but all I can say truly to this is that kids are going to be well far behind. Well, we bring ourselves back to California for another triple this today. I know, you just can't help it. I just can't help myself going back to literally Cancer of the World or Cancer of the U.S. sponsored by Tumors. Uh, so, of course, uh, California put out a issue of, hey, please do not charge your cars right now. You know, the electric cars that you own because, you know, we don't want you to be on gas cars because, you know, we're going to try to ban those. But also... Please don't charge your electric car either because we also are struggling with power issues. And so, yeah. So pretty much uh, they're facing a large uh, sort of heat, high temperature out there, heat, heat wave out in California. So, of course, to, to handle the elevated electricity demand, they basically... basically told people to, you know, decrease the amount of energy they use from 4 to 9 p.m. Basically, don't use your oven, don't use appliances, don't use anything. Turn off unnecessary lights, and should avoid charging electric vehicles. So, yes, of course, this is 
you know, comes after they want people to all, you know, have have electric vehicles by 20, 2035, but I just, I don't see that happening, and with the fact that they aren't really putting anything into their grid, it's not going to get anything anywhere better for them, because the green energy isn't doing enough, and when you shut off all the different power options that you had, like nuclear and other things, and try to go to nothing but that, you are going to find that you're in a bit of a struggle for getting your needs filled. But sticking with California, the California Senate once again passing a, another horrible, horrendous thing, this time around uh, a transgender refugee bill. Uh, so it would make the state a haven for children who wish to go through transgender surgeries and parents who support them and procedures, but it would make it more difficult for parents who do not support their children to go. Uh, it'd be more difficult for them. Why exactly is that? Well, the bill uh so the bill's author senator scott uh wiener that fucking dumbass why do you have a last name like that i'm just kidding i've i, I knew someone from my all the way from elementary to high school who's who was in an older grade than i was that anytime his name would come on the announcements all of us like children would laugh his his, his last name was butts i'm not joking it really is real his last name was Butts, and we all thought it was funny. So, you know what? Truly, I can't hate on the guy. Anyway, uh, the bill did not state or did not specify which age a child must be to condemn to such decisions. After the bill was approved, uh, he, he tweeted out this, Our trans state of refuge bill is on its way to the governor after just receiving the final Senate approval. It sends a crystal clear message to the nation that no matter what vile anti-LGBTQ laws or hate laws right-wing politicians think of, California will stand with our community. Uh, Aaron Friday, a California lawyer, mother, spoke to the Daily Wire and discussed the reality of the bill and what it would mean for parents. It'd make it so the doctors and others could ignore foreign subpoenas and especially disregard laws of other states regarding transgender treatment of minors. This is really pitting states, uh, state against state and creating many uh, countries, essentially. Adding that the law isn't limited to states, they have bans that affects all 50 states, and what it does is it changes the family code. The bill states that California court would have temporary emergency jurisdiction if the child is present in this state and the child has been abandoned or is necessary. It's an emergency to protect the child because the child or sibling or parent of the child is subjected to the threatened with mistreatment or abuse but also because the child has been unable to attain gender affirming care basically just it, it gets rid of your parental rights basically it gives them more it gives them more ways to take away your kid and indoctrinate them in the state stuff even further even even more further so yeah uh good luck to all the different people who would like to have kids and families out there uh, you better better not put your kid through public schools or anything and keep them as far away from the internet as possible so that they do not go down a transgender rabbit hole. Don't give them TikTok. Don't give them, don't give them any parts of Reddit. Don't give them anything. The only thing I would give them would maybe be like a Nintendo Switch so they could play like Mario and that would be it. That's all they need. It's the only console you should buy them. Set parental stuff up on them. should be pretty easy to do. And just let them have fun playing with Mario, okay? Let your kid have a magical childhood of just playing Mario and having fun with the plumber who can bounce and jump or the Legend of Zelda and 
when he gets a bit older, maybe, and Kirby, and, you know, cutesy, fun games, and, you know, that are actually fun, and actually make your kid actually, you know, happy, and let him go outside, play with some friends, that too, but don't, don't let him, don't, don't let him or her on any, any fucking things until, like, way later. Try to at least do that, or make sure you build enough mental fortitude so that you can at least let their, like, let them build up or help them build with your sort of logic in them of telling them, hey, listen, you know, like, you're free to come talk to us about this stuff. You know, try to be supportive, but at the same time, you know, try to, you know, prove, show them biology and show them, you know, basic facts of stuff to try and really make sure that if you do want to give them a phone when they turn, like, 11, when they're going into uh, 6th grade, that you're really helping to, pr or when they, I, hopefully not being in public school, but, you know, at least... Making sure that your kids are fine. I, I wouldn't want to see anybody else's kids being taken away because their child, who later would come to realize that that's not what they wanted to become a boy or a girl, to have that happen to them. But we're not done. We're not done with California. California would also like to uh, increase the minimum wage for... Uh, for for fast food uh, chains, they would want to increase it to $22 an hour. That's right. $22 fucking dollars an hour to flip burgers, take orders, and do all those different things at a local McDonald's. I don't think so. As a person who currently works a minimum wage job at, you know, a, a great, fantastic company like Walmart, who I totally and don't in any way have any sort of things them from my working time at Walmart. Not at all. Um, even I would look at that and go, even though I work at Walmart, I would still go, believe me, it would be nice, and if it's really going to come to that because of like inflation, then fine, but this is a job that I'm not meant to have for like ever. I'm not meant to be here forever. You know, unless I'm, you know, dead set on becoming like a manager or, you know, somebody, you know, higher than just a, just a store level employee that works in the home department every single time he works there, then I, I, I don't really need that much of a raise. It'd be nice, but it's not, you know, I don't want to burden that much on people because that's, that's going to on business as well, because that's not going to do well for businesses and restaurants in California. If you thought lines were bad before, get ready for lines to get even fucking worse. So, it really does not help out in anybody's fucking case to have shit like that happen. And if it does go forward, then I would expect to see a lot of fast food chains to close hundreds, if not thousands, of, of restaurants inside of California because of the cost increase for wages leaving even more homeless in a state already basically the capital of homeless. So, the Daily Wire, uh, you might have, might have heard of them before, they've been mentioned a few times on the show. Obviously, we talked about uh, the Ben Shapiro situation with the podcast movement and the fact that Ben Shapiro showed up at the podcast movement event, wanted to check out the Daily Wire booth that they had paid for, and... He took pictures with fans, you know, had great conversations, didn't do anything, but his appearance alone shocked the world so much that it harmed them. Well, 
so the actual, basically, like, CEO of Daily Wire uh, actually got to talk with some of them. So we have two clips of that. So we'll play those now. This comes from, of course, the backstage event that they held last night. So here you go. And then I hear later that evening from one of the owners uh, of Podcast Movement. And I, I'm going to tell you what the guy said, and I'm going to say something about myself that I'm actually a little embarrassed about, which is uh, I cried on this phone call. My, my voice started to break. I got so emotional. I've never gotten emotional over one of these things. But mm. We get canceled. We get called racist. We get called whatever, right? And, you know, I take it. It doesn't bother me. Obviously, Ben's got a great uh, perspective on it. But here's what happened. The guy calls me, and I'm, I'm just going to hear him out. I'm going to hear what he has to say, hoping, hoping maybe that this is the resolution we've been looking for. And he starts the call. He's got a great radio voice. All these guys have great radio voices. Yeah. Truly. And he says, Jeremy, uh, you know, so-and-so gave me your phone number. And I just wanted to let you know that we have a policy here in Podcast Movement that the talent not appear. You'll notice, like, Joe Rogan has never appeared on our stage. We don't like for the talent to appear. And so Ben showing up caused some of my other sponsors to be angry because they want to know, why can't our talent be here if Ben can be here? And so I just want you to know this statement is a reaction to other sponsors being angry that their talent didn't get equal treatment. That's why I called for his extermination. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he said... And a his, little leap. But yeah. He said, this was not in any way political. <laughs> and when he said it, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm embarrassed about it. I got so adrenalized and so yeah. upset. And I said, not in any way political. And I just started reading from the tweets. The danger of this company, the dangerous... Uh, uh, endless pain. The, yeah. the pain that will be with us forever, the harm caused by his very presence. So that, you're saying that that isn't political? You're saying that that's because he showed up? By the way, podcast hosts appear on all of their panels. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nonsense. The whole fracking conference is for podcasters, yeah. for people in podcasting. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, uh, it doesn't stop there because, well, Jeremy Boring was supposed to have a phone call, but uh, for reasons why, it seems to have been delayed. The president of Podcast Movement has a, a bit of a schedule. Yesterday, at 6 p.m. our time, I get a call from the assistant of the man who preemptively blocked me on Twitter, who's the, the president of Podcast Movement. And she says, you know, the president of the movement would really like to talk to you. Could you get back to us? So we, we returned the call, within, probably within a half hour. They got back to us today and said, very much would like to talk to you. Our first availability is September 14th at 3 p.m. <laughs> Stop it. You September, can't. two weeks from now at 3 p.m., I can finally get on the phone with a guy who preemptively blocked me after apologizing for taking my money and saying that the existence, the mere presence uh, of my friend and business partner causes harm. This is, I, again, I've, I've, I said it before, this is a kind of bigotry that could not be expressed against any other kind of person yesterday. Yeah. So, and then I hear... Yeah, so pretty much... Yeah. Po podcast movement, I've never even heard of them before this. I didn't even know they existed. I'm gonna be really honest. Like... Like, as a person who really only started listening to actual, like, podcasts, you know, especially when they started their job, because I, I had a lot more time, but 
it's just one of those things that I, I'm always just kind of like, okay, but like, what was the big deal? Like with, okay, so here, here we go. So I'm on the official 2022 podcast movement website. So these were the people that were allowed to show up were featured. These were featured speakers at podcast movement 2022. So we have Audie Cornish who is from CNN Audio, she was allowed, uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, mm, yes, that guy from the Chasing Life podcast, Sophie Anderson from S from Sirius XM, uh, Nisha Kurwawa, which is from Vox, all boy, fantastic, uh, Lacey Musley from Scam Goddess, never heard of, Phoebe Judge of Criminal, never heard of that either, uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Soto from Edison Research, Erica Mandy from Newsworthy, Mark fucking Cuban, by the way, and Fallon Fatami from Fireside. I, I, I really don't, I really don't understand. But there's not even all, apparently it's not all the speakers. Oh yeah, who, who, who else was here for, for the mystical and magical of oh yeah people from N NPR that's always good uh that's that's always nice uh, let's see any, anybody else that I could maybe another NPR person National Geographic ooh that's a good one uh oh it's they uh, the Independent ooh another another great another great source so many of these people I have no idea who the fuck they are. I'm not even kidding. Like I'm looking through this. Fucking can Canada land? What the fuck is? Oh, a person from ABC News. Oh, that, that's good. That's good. Uh, always, always good to invite them along. Uh, iHeart Media. Ooh, that, that that's a good one. I mean, my pride. But ooh, Bloomberg. Oh, oh. Oh, that's an that's another good one. Vox. Ooh, we have. Kai Chunk, head of podcasting, YouTube. What the fuck does that... Some of these people, I look at, like, where they're from, and there's so many of these companies, I have no idea who they are. Oh, a person from BetterHelp. Oh, I, I, that's a good one. The Amazing Clarks. Okay, so, like, two people... I guess it's probably, like, a spouse or something. Like, I'm looking at all of these. I'm not kidding. NPR again. There's, like, there's some of these, like, companies that I'm just, like, who are you? Now, obviously, I could say the same about myself. Who am I? Truly. I am... I'm, oh, CNN. Who? Now, the interesting thing is, I don't know a lot of these, so I can't really speak to, you know, a lot of different stuff. But I'm going to guess that a lot of these people are, uh, that most of them... Uh, there's a lot of very one-sided conversation gonna be happening here. Just my, uh, my, uh, my thing. Jesus, there's so many fucking guests to this show. I mean, they they brought in George and Harbinger. I, I know who that person is. He hosts his own show. I've heard of it before. Um... Holy fuck, there's so, there's so many guests. It doesn't end. It literally doesn't end. Holy fuck. Oh, perfect. A person from Spotify. Uh, just what I want to hear. From people at Spotify. Oh, we have a story from them too today. Don't worry. But yeah, no, there's there's, there's so many. 
There's actually so fucking many of people. Oh, Simplecast, it's the thing that this show comes out of. I mean, it's the thing you see every single day. Like, a post on Twitter, if you follow me there, it's the thing you see there uh, from Simplecast. It's where the link comes out of, because I just put all of the links through there, so it's a great great tool to use. Honestly, I, I, I kind of wish I would be able to go to this. This Just because I, I would have loved to, to meet Ben. I think that would have been cool. Meet the... Oh, oh. Fiction podcast producer, Ty Minar, or Tal Minar. I think this is the girl that uh, we read the tweets from, I think. Funny that I actually found her, because her, her thing is they, them. Oh, good. I'm glad that she did put her her, her pronouns in there for all, all of us to, to know. Thank, thank goodness. Man, I, I, I bet I would have been kicked out for being for being too right-leaning. Oh, actually, I... I Man, looking back at my own docket, I, I get to see my own things. It's so much fun. Anyway, uh, so Joe Rogan uh, is in another bit of hot water again. I know, surprising. But uh, he he did a podcast recently, and he said that he that he plans to vote for the Republican Party because of Democrat errors, and the management of the COVID pandemic has ignited calls to boy. So of course. This ignited calls to boycott the platform Spotify. Yeah, he literally he used uh, set, apparently this the guest for this episode was the Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers on Saturday that he and the others should vote Republican. The two men agreed that Democrat governors and legislators imposed uh, mitigation measures that the lockdowns that were deemed by some to be heavy-handed, such as closures of business, restaurants, and other stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Of course, more conversation. But of course, this all probably comes from the same Twitter account. One that is literally garbage one. I, if you want to, you can follow it. But looking at this thing, it always it always angers me because it's always just wrong every time. It is, of course, Occupy Democrats, which is verified on Twitter, by the way. It's always nice to see that. Uh, is, of course, uh, tweets this out. Breaking Influential podcaster Jogan ignorantly urges Americans to vote Republican as a form of supposed payback for businesses closing down due to the pandemic. Dangerous rhetoric. The GMP, the GOP embraces full fascism. We tweet to demand that Spotify drop Joe Rogan. If you support boycott of Spotify until they drop Joe Rogan's podcast. After he just ignorantly urged Americans to vote Republican as a payback for business closing due to the pandemic. Dangerous rhetoric. Dangerous. It's dangerous rhetoric. I actually want to see how many how many people actually actually like did anything with this tweet. So the original tweet got 3,000 retweets and about 7,000 likes. Oh, I love the top thing. Uh, oh, oh, good, good. I'm glad to see all these comments. They're so, so fun. Uh, good. Oh, oh, they even tweeted about Stacey Abrams. You know, the person who's gonna, who still has uh, doubts about the election that she lost for governor a few years ago. Hmm. Hmm, I say. Hmm. Anyway... 
Uh, yeah, Joe Rogan, I, I, I doubt that they're gonna drop him again. This has been tried before, and I just, I doubt it's gonna work again. I'm sorry to tell you this, but being as Joe is not in, in any way a Republican, he's not right-leaning at, like, right at all. He's very much on the left, and yet he, he's more of like a moderate leftist. And even then, he himself, by saying that he's gonna vote for a Republican, first off, Fascism, we'll, we'll fully into this fascism rhetoric uh, a bit later, because I have my own opinions on it. It's a bit of a bit of a thing that we'll hit on at the end of today's show. But um, I'm going to go with no on this one. Uh, I, I, I don't think they're going to do it. And first off, you can only last so long from boycotting Spotify, because I know a lot of people use it. I don't personally use Spotify anymore, because I, I just... I don't see a point to because some of the music I listen to, I can't really, I can't put it on Spotify. So like right now, I use YouTube Music because hey, it comes with my YouTube Premium that I pay for, so I might as well use it because hey, it's more bonus to me. And as well, I can upload and put things right from YouTube. I honestly have to say, truly, if YouTube Music would just get like some things a little bit better, I, you know what? It, personally, I enjoy using it now. So, I. I Literally, I think the only reason I would, I, I, if I were to actually use Spotify, would be to listen to the Joe Rogan Experience. But even then, like I already listen to so many podcasts and have such a backlog of podcasts I need to listen to, that I genuinely don't think I'd be able to fit it into my. And it'd be kind of pointless. To be like, yes, I have the Spotify app downloaded for one specific purpose, to listen to the Joe Rogan Experience. I bet there's people out there that are like that, but not me personally. Well, taking ourselves a bit abroad, always love to do that, you know, with this show sometimes, because, you know, I, I like talking about the U.S., but sometimes we need to take it a little bit further over to our, our companions across the pond. Of course, we're talking about the fantastic, the lovely, uh, always wonderful, uh, Never ever wrong Polish. Uh, I'm just kidding. But the Polish, they are, uh, they, uh, they essentially. So Poland is in a bit of a bit of a weird place. This came out like today, and I remember seeing it. And I was just like, "What are what are they on about?" So Poland estimate its World War Two losses caused by Germany. Uh, at 6.2 trillion zlotys or 1.32 trillion dollars, leader of the country's ruling nationalist said on Thursday, and he said Warsaw would officially demand reparations. Poland, biggest trade partner and fellow member of the European Union and NATO, Germany has previously said all financial claims linked to World War II had been settled. Poland's new estimate tops the $850 billion estimate by a ruling party lawmaker from 2019. The ruling law and justice party has repeated calls for compensation several times since it took power in 2015, but Poland hasn't officially demanded reparations. The sum that was presented was adopted using the most limited conservative method. It would be, uh, it would be possible to increase it. The leader of the PIS told a new told a news conference. So yes, basically, the 
the Polish are trying to get even more reparations out of the already reparations that I that they got. Uh, that's 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 right. The the Polish want more reparations. Believe me, I get it. You know, a lot of Jews were killed in World War Two. But if you back when back in uh, you know back when Germany had said that all the financial things had been settled for World War Two. I think that's where your financial claims end, as personally, as a nation, because if you didn't speak up then, then I guess you can't make the ask now. I think there should be a time limit on these things. You know, World War II was quite a while ago now. It's been, you know, well over just a little bit of time, and I think it's time to put in a towel, not to, like, you know, stop talking about it, but for asking for reparations on something like that much money from World War II now, uh, for reparations, uh, is a bit is a bit much. It is a bit much when all financial claims have been already settled. If you would have said, uh, you know, we want this amount of money, then fine, but. I think maybe it's a little too late. Well, traveling, of course, back across the pond. We're now back in the U.S. once again. Of course, the buses of migrants are still continuing, but this time, they've arrived in a new location. Chicago now is on the list for migrants to be sent to them. In which they finally received two buses at around 7.30 p.m. It's an estimated that 80 to 100 were in the bus. Uh, in the bus. Uh, many of the miners said they were from Venezuela. So yes, the there are now uh, immigrants in, uh, in Chicago as well. So they too can get all of that compassion as well. Of course. Uh, the mayor, uh, Miss Lightfoot, is not exactly happy and called, called, uh, called Governor Abbott a racist, but I thought this is what compassion looked like. You know, we're being compassionate by letting you, you know, we, we gotta share the people. You know, this is, this is a fantastic time to show your compassion on how much you love, fucking, you, you love those goddamn uh, you know, illegal immigrants. Uh, I, I know you guys are so compassionate, and you love them so much, you want them to be here, they're just so kind, so grateful, so I'm sure that you would, you would love it. So, but of course, that's not how she feels, I guess, that, uh, they're not on the same page, I guess. You know, when the immigrants are down at the southern border, it's great, send them all through, but when they come to your city, it just ain't right for you. Well, and best news of the day has got to go to Southwest. So I had seen this video yesterday, and I I was going to try to go and find and, you know, include it, but, uh, well, it gets even better when I found the article over at the Daily Wire. This comes from them. Uh, so the Southwest, a Southwest pilot threatened to turn the plane around because a passenger kept sending a certain kind of photos via airdrop to people on the plane. Of course, the incident was posted to TikTok, and uh, we have that clip here. 
let's let's go ahead and roll it. So here's the deal. This continues while we're on the ground. I'm gonna have to pull back to the gate. Everybody's gonna have to get off. We're gonna have to get security involved, and it's vacation that's gonna be ruined. So you folks, whatever that airdrop thing is, would send a naked picture. Let's get yourself to Cabo. Yes, that's right. Hey, so this has actually become a bit of a thing on planes. I've seen it many times. People with, like, obviously there's a feature on the iPhone, and there is a feature similar to it, but no one really uses it on Android because no one, because most people don't even probably even have the feature or even know the feature exists on their phone. But, so, if you have an iPhone, like, more than 50% of the people here in the U.S., you can use AirDrop. A lot of people use it to send, you know, little files between friends, you know, photos, whatever. So what you can do on a, and you can send this to anybody, unless someone has their airdrop turned off, and most people have their airdrop turned on, but it's turned on by default, most people don't know that, so they don't change it. So what people obviously, you know, do, is when they get on a plane, and they're surrounded by people who have iPhones, well, they get a, a few ideas, and by a few ideas, I mean they start airdropping people photos. So it started off very innocently and fun with memes. I've seen a video where somebody was just airdropping people memes, you know, repeatedly sending to them even if they decline it because it's not like there's a time frame of when you can resend somebody something because all that person has to do is just accept or decline it. And that's it. Well, this person apparently decided to take it to a new level as they were airdropping passengers nude photos. That's, that's, that's right. Uh, you can have your, you can get on board your flight and someone will airdrop you a nude to be able to look at and study on the flight for your in-flight entertainment today, provided by Southwest. Well, the pilot was not having it and, of course, was going to full-on turn around and get security and everything involved. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, wouldn't, uh, unsurprisingly, this isn't the first time, yeah, to, without Wi-Fi or cellular, was used to send explicit images, uh, someone did this on a flight back in June, and it was, it was a Southwest flight as well, I saw his iPad had airdrop open, so I knew it was him, and yes, I sure did make a scene, uh, wrote in a video capture when the image allegedly showed oral sex. We can confirm this un uh, unfortunate incident occurred on a recent flight from Detroit to Denver. A Southwest Airlines spokesperson told the publication at the time. Our flight attendant immediately addressed the situation and the crew requested local law enforcement officers uh, meet the flight upon arrival, which they did and subsequently apprehended the individual responsible. So, yeah. <laughs> What a what a fantastic thing. But that's the fun news you get. No more fun. Okay? No fun news. We have a actual update about the children who were found inside of the suitcase back at down in Down Under in New Zealand. Uh if you did not hear this story here on the show before, the story goes uh a family had was had was in a bidding thing for a sort of storage a locker that had been abandoned, and inside, uh, they found some suitcases, and, of course, uh, inside of the suitcases were the dead bodies of children. Well, that 
of course comes into where we have an update on the story. So, uh, the the New Zealand police have identified their children. The names will not be released at the request of their family. Uh, the detective inspector down there, the district crime manager for the count or for the county, said in a statement released Friday that the coroner had issued an interim non-publication order, which presses the children's name as well as those of their relatives. Police are continuing to investigate the circumstances around the death of the children. First, uh, further updates will be provided as the police investigation as the police investigation allows. The bodies were, of course, they found earlier this month. So yes, pretty much. Uh, they basically, uh, if they finally figured out what the children's name are, and we are, of course, going to hopefully hear a bit more from them eventually. I would love to find out more about what exactly happened here, how long these children have been in here, but I will, of course, keep you updated on that. I just thought I'd share this update because I like to... If I see articles about stuff that we've covered here on the show that I remember, I really want to make sure I, you know, I come in and I get the updates to them and bring them to you because I feel like it's important, especially this story. This story was heartbreaking because it wasn't just like, you know, a couple that found this. It was actually like a family. And so two, two like other children and like their family had to be, you know, exposed to it. And so it's really, really, really sad that those kids had to go through that because that's kind of that, that kind of changes you a bit because you find two people that look oddly like you know you they're small and childlike dead and that's just kind of horrendous but that is currently where we are at but yes so good on the police down there in New Zealand for figuring out their identities and hopefully we'll find out even more on how they died and when they died in the future. We'll keep you updated when that update comes in. So, to end the show today, I thought we would look at uh, some things that I've seen this these tactics used before, and I've seen how these events have played out before, but I I, I don't I, I don't know how exactly to feel about this as I think as I Think I have seen this one, and I've seen how it ends, and I'm not sure I like it, but maybe you might be able to recognize it. If you don't, I'll explain it to you after this clip for the most, from the most competent, inspiring, best one we've ever had, Press Secretary Jean Pair. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear, as he can be, on that particular a piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms, uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. So that language, that rhetoric, I want you to now think of this clip. I'm going to play it again. But now think of it as, so replace sort of the words about Republicans and MAGA Republicans, and the violence and everything. Think of that, but we're now replace those words with the word Jewish, and uh, here, we'll play it one right. more time. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear, as he can be, on that particular 
uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. So if you didn't do that, like I, I told you to, basically, I'm going to break it down super fucking hard for you. So as of just the other day, of course, we played the clip on the show talking about if, well, you know, gun advocates, you know, defend against government tyranny. Well, you need an F, you know, 15 for that. Basically, the rhetoric has been turned up another notch. Where now, you are an extremist if you even voted for Donald Trump. You are now an ultra-maga Republican. You are basically considered a dangerous threat. You are, essentially, if you're not understanding where the euphemism is coming from and why I told you to say the word Jew, it's because you've been branded. You are branded and you are considered a dangerous threat. And eventually, you're going to be led down the same road. And I, it's where I've seen these events before. I, I've seen where this has happened. And think about it. January 6th. If there's a moment like January 6th, what does January 6th kind of remind you of? If you don't really know your history, I'll fill in the gap. January 6th, for the Democrats, who will basically, in this case, be considered the Nazis, or the new fascist party taking control, is... Uh, basically having there is the burning of the Reichstag, which the Reichstag is sort of the government building in Germany. And of course, the Nazis blame the communists and then help get a bill signed to then, you know, get rid of them. Obviously, that hasn't been done. But think about, you know, the horrible, you know, jail time sentences for even people that were just, you know, standing around, not doing anything, didn't break into the capital, didn't go into the capital, didn't steal anything, didn't do anything harmful. Just were there, and that was it. Obviously, horrible event, but still, the comparisons don't end. These people don't know what fascism actually is. Uh, it's been broken down several hundreds of times at this point, but soon maybe they'll realize that what they think fascism is is not actually what fascism gets you. And the fascism that they're leading us into is one that looks more like a Nazi Germany and not like a free society. So prepare to be branded, and if you don't follow their rules, you'll be sent to their own version of the camps, too. Wouldn't be the first time there have been camps here in the U.S. World War II had them as well. But the, the scenes don't just end there, because I'm pretty sure I've seen this one before as well. To end out the show today, of course, I told you a few weeks ago about the... The, uh... The sort of UN finally catching up to where everybody else was already at with the whole Uyghurs in China in concentration camps, basically. And well, finally, the Uyghurs China may have been committed have may, may have committed crimes against humanity and Xinjiang, which is of course the providence where most are. China has urged the UN not to release the report, with Beijing calling it a farce arranged by Western powers. Report claims of abuse against Uyghur Muslims and other ethnic minorities, which China denies. Uh, but investigators said they found credible evidence of torture, possibly amounting to crimes against humanity. Human rights groups have been sounding the alarm about what is happening in the northwestern province for years, alleging that there's more than one million Uyghurs have been detained against their will and a large network of state 
uh, in what the state calls re-education camps. So, yes, they once again are pushing the envelope a little bit further, but I think I've seen this one before. You see, back in the back in World War II, uh, the same thing was going on. Uh, when you know when, well, before kind of like even World War II began, a lot of people even back then when news wasn't you know the greatest, and uh, reports still got out about the concentration camps and about all the Jews being killed and everything and exterminated and being you know enslaved all that. Of course, was things done about them for all the time it took? No. No, no it wasn't. So, here. So, just for... Just for... Uh... So, just for some context. So, back in 1933, the very first Nazi concentration camp opened in Nazi Germany. So the the first camp was in March of 1933, and the camp was known about. These camps were known about, but were things done to go and stop them for all the time until, like, towards the end of, you know, the war? No, it, it did not. It's happening once again because people are, our world leaders are cowards, and it's not going to change that way. So... I would expect to see more of just waiting around, not actually doing anything, while those people continue to differ more and more. Bit of a dark note to end on, but truly that is where I will end today's episode, because happiness is not guaranteed here at the Political Panda Program, as well as any sort of depression, anxiety, or anything else you might experience, because here, facts and the news don't care about your feelings. And with that, uh, I will see you all tomorrow for the for the Friday edition of the program, where we will hopefully maybe be a bit lighter. But I'm telling you now, I highly fucking doubt it. Because remember, with each passing week, things don't get better; they just get slightly worse. This has been the Political Panda program for Thursday, and I will see you all tomorrow. I'll just turn off the lights. Hopefully, you'll enjoy that comfy chair.